Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast today. I am with Mark. How are you doing, Mark? Fantastic. Cool. And this is the last podcast of the year. And overall, I'm pretty happy. We actually managed to release more than 52 podcasts this year. So a little bit more than one a week. There was times when we didn't release. But uh, how do you feel about that year of podcasting, Mark, before we get started? It's been pretty good. I think it's probably one of the things we'll talk about uh, next year, doing more of it for sure. But I think we're in a pretty good schedule. So like last two months a year, we've consistently done one a week. And there's no sign of that slowing down. So I think all in all, pretty good. A lot of people who bought our product said they found us through the podcast as well. So so we should definitely do more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, like, we did, pretty cool. we did something pretty cool. We did around 250,000 downloads of the podcast this year, a little bit less, but still really good. And I just wanted to thank everyone for keeping on listening on uh, my horrible jokes and accent. And on Mark's wisdom, I guess, you know. Uh, (laughs) Let's get started with today's podcast because I don't think people, like, people want to hear what we're going to talk about. And I think today's going to be an interesting topic, especially uh, for this time of the year. We're going to talk about that kind of dilemma that's going to hit you when you run websites, which is, oh, should I start a new website or should I work more on my existing websites? And, you know, especially when you get to that part of the year, there's like all these new year resolutions or you know, you, you hang out with maybe other people that do websites and they tell you how well they do, et cetera. And they're going to very often brag way too, way more than they should, et cetera. At least in our case, that sparks that question in you. Like, what do I do next year? How do I do better next year than this year? And usually that is that dilemma. Okay. Do I keep working on what I'm working on? Is there a future for this stuff? Can I be doing like, you know, better, et cetera? Or should I start something new? And so, yeah, that podcast is definitely for people who already have websites going. And one thing I want to say before we start is, you know, I see a lot of people literally rebooting their business like every six months. And two things that I think, I think that's not a good idea. If you're a serial rebooter, like you need to question yourself, not your business. And often people do it out of desperation because their current projects are not going so well. Oh, they do it because they had no ambition with their current projects. Like some people's goal is to make a dollar a day. That's good. But like, if you don't work on something that can at least sustain you, then you're probably not being very ambitious or not ambitious enough. So what's your take on that? Well, actually, first of all, I want to start off by saying, if you want to follow along with this podcast, uh, go to authorityhacker.com forward slash start podcast, get all the, the show notes. I mean, I totally understand it. I kind of sort of used to be, I think we both sort of used to be re-rollers, we used to call them. I, I won't go into the MMO analogy again, but yeah, it's it's very easy trap to fall into. Often get a lot of like business opportunities thrown at me. I'm sure you're the same. It's quite an easy thing to, when you're first starting out, it's quite an easy thing to say yes to to everything. It's like, oh, wow, lots of ways to make money. It's like, oh, well, I'm making $500 a month on my health site. Maybe I should start a tennis site and make another $500 a month. But it doesn't really work like that. There's this like critical mass that you you hit yeah it's not linear the growth is not linear you know it's like that's something i say to people it's like you know we have a lot of people that were newbies and started with h pro you know they hit like a thousand bucks a month or something which which is good but it's not a living you know but like 
what they don't realize yet is getting from a thousand to ten thousand a month is about as hard as getting from zero to one thousand a month. And yep. so, and so it's like they're so close, essentially. They're so close to being full time at this point when they reach a thousand months. But you know, the people, the survey brothers tend to not see that. And if you see it that way, then you, you, you see very little case for restarting. But I think we should structure this a bit more and first start with the case for starting new sites. Then we're going to talk about the state, the case for not starting new sites and optimizing your site. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what we think you should do based on your current situation. I just want to say at the start as well that uh, we go back and forth on this like quite a lot. Yes. Uh, there's been several, I think we've had six decisions that we've made to like sell one of our websites and then go <laughs> back on it. So, you know, it, there's, there's really no right answer for this, as you'll, you'll see in the, the podcast, but hopefully this will give you like a framework to make the decision based on. Yeah. I mean, and, and your situation is going to change all the time. So what you should do, even based on the advice in his book, is going to change as well. Right. But the first one I wanted to talk about in the case for starting new site is, the kind of new motivation it does when you uh, start a new site. I mean, usually the way it works is like when you start a new project, you're very excited. You see this massive potential and definitely it's going to make you a multimillionaire. There's no question about that. But as time passes, the expectations in reality just go often not necessarily at the same pace and uh, like they go in different directions sometimes, etc. And that causes motivation to go down. And what starting a new project does is it essentially realigns expectations and reality. And you get that kind of honeymoon phase, at least for the first six months, usually, where you're extremely motivated and you're willing to put a lot of time into a project because, you know, your expectations, which are not very high for a new project, are matching reality. I think as well that with a new project, you can see a lot of tangible progress very quickly. Yeah. You go from having nothing to having a site up and designed to having some content to start ranking for a few keywords. And in six months, your traffic goes from zero to a few hundred a day, maybe. The thing is like, it's also a percentage thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like when you go from a zero to a thousand visits per day, on your site, it's massive. It's like, whole, wow, this is definitely working, etc. Now we yeah. get like plus 1,000 visits a day on how I measure. We don't even see it on the analytics. It looks like yeah. a flat line, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and we're like, eh, it's really stagnating this site, you know? And then it's like, I look at it and it's like, oh, compared to, to last year, we have like 150,000 more visits this month or something like that. It's like, it's really a lot. Yeah. It's like many people's traffic are like five times their traffic sometimes. But, you know, on the analytics, it doesn't look that way. And so it, it's like, it's like comparing economic growth, essentially, when I see the news media comparing like, ah, oh, the growth in Ecuador is 15%. And that's because their base number was really tiny, you know? And it's like, you know, the 3% the US achieves is like 100,000 times more wealth than the 15% of Ecuador. But because of that, it's the same thing. It, and your motivation is usually based on percentage and, you know, relative numbers rather than absolute numbers. As you have a maturing project, obviously you can't maintain, yeah, sometimes you can, but very often you can't maintain this gross number where you like grow 100% over the last three months, et cetera. And yeah, it's like starting a new site gives you this crazy growth at the beginning, which is essentially market, catching up to your market. And that is a lot of motivation. I don't know. It's, I really like it. And in our case, actually, I just wanted to, to bring that up quickly. We sold our agency two years ago, essentially because of that. There was, we were making pretty decent money, but there was not much growth, mostly because we were, you know, acquiring clients as fast as we were losing them, essentially. And it's been two years since we sold them. And I'm sure you had a lot of motivation when we sold the agency. 
especially at that time, it was our pretty much our main source of income, like 90 plus percent of our income came from it. And then you got rid of that. And it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we have some money to tie us over for, for a while, but we, we better get to work on something else that's going to support our future, you know. So it's kind of like when your back's against the wall or you're trapped in a corner, you, you hustle and you, you, you get shit done. Yeah, that's the same when we started the agency. Like I was literally sleeping yeah. on the floor of your one bed bedroom <laughs> and walking on that same floor during the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you get that kind of like new startup, new site excit- excitation. It's really good. You get a lot of stuff done and you get a lot of progress. And if you need some kind of like new adventure in your life, it's definitely a case to start a new site. Another thing that I find interesting with starting a new site is bringing with you everything you've learned from your past project. And that, once again, that is for people who have already done stuff before. But if we started a new site now compared to uh, starting Health Ambition, I would basically do everything differently. Yeah, so when people are creating a site, maybe it's their first authority site, think of it in terms of the value you're creating. Most people think, oh, okay, well, the site makes, I don't know, $10,000 a month, therefore it's worth you know, a quarter of a million dollars, say 25 multiple. That's true. But there's also extra value in the the skills you have learned yourself, the people you have met, the writers you've worked with, the link builders, the processes, the SOPs you've created, all of this stuff. It's like the ability to do it again is worth more than the actual asset you've built. Also, all the money you've made during the time you had the website. True, true. Yeah. <laughs> that also counts a little bit. But yeah, it's like, I've learned so much from like health ambition and authority hacker. Authority hacker, we've learned a lot on the like membership running side of things, etc. And selling a lot of info products. For the next side, I would definitely like try to figure out an angle to use that, etc. So actually, when you have made big breakthrough on your existing projects, it's actually one thing where you'd like, oh, how can I apply these to other markets, essentially? And that is when I find it interesting to start new sites because you have these new skills you can bring with you. Another case to start a new website, which is going to be a little bit less positive, is you've been working on a site for at least a year. And, you know, you need to at least work for a year on a website before you make a, a call on it. And it just didn't work out. You're not making any money or very little, like less than a couple hundred dollars a month. You've really worked on it. Like It's not like you've set it up and you've waited a year. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about working on it regularly for a year. If that's the case, and that happens, you know, there are websites that fail, including for us, then that's the, one of the cases where unless you have identified something you can fix that, and you know it's you know almost certainly going to, to change the way you're doing, then I would probably swap site. Like we have a podcast about the sites we failed in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially these are the kind of sites we're talking about. So maybe we'll link to that podcast in the show notes. What's the URL for that podcast again? It's authorityhacker.com forward slash fail, I believe. Okay. But uh, we'll double check that and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. So that is one of the cases where I would start, but walk regularly on your site and give it a year of regular walk. Otherwise you probably should just walk harder. And one thing I wanted to say as well is that you need to think, if you're going to start a new site after a failure like that, you need to understand what didn't work out. If you if you are doing the exact same business model for the next site and you haven't figured out what didn't work in this one, then chances are you are going to fail the exact same way for the next site. So 
yeah, a, re- a really common thing I see here is people say, oh, the niche wasn't very good when they've, yeah. they've gone into something where other people are clearly making money and it's, it's, it's fine. You know, almost every niche is, can be profitable. It's, it's fine unless it's an extreme case, like someone's gone really, really, really too narrow or yeah, usually if you hear your buddies, you know, making a hundred thousand dollars a day on some other niche, they're probably not to start with. But uh, I mean, if you just suddenly drop everything and do that, if you haven't learned what it takes to run a successful site from your first project, then it doesn't matter what niche you go into, you're still going to fail. Yeah. It's one of these things where most people, when something fails, they blame it on external causes and when it succeeds, they they like attribute it to themselves, you know? I see it a lot in uh, online games, actually. <laughs> yep. Like people are hating on you when they, when you lost, but they they always praise themselves when you win, and it's the same for most things, even business. Like, you know, I've been into like big meetings for really big brands and stuff, and it's exactly the same every time. And yep. the truth is, if you should probably do the opposite, like the the best way to progress yourself is to blame yourself for every failure and attribute all the success to other things. It is something that you need to do consciously because that's not what your instinct is going to force you to do, but it's the way you're going to be the most critical with yourself and you're going to progress the most. So anyway, if you've been failing, you're free to start again, but you should definitely spend some time understanding what happens and maybe change business model, like, you know, make a big change in what you're going to do next. Otherwise, you know, you can't run the same experiment twice and expect different results. Another case where I like to start a new site, and that's something that we're definitely going to do next year for us, is when you can use teams and processes that you've created for other sites and just bring them to a different niche. So it's like not exactly the same as the renewed motivation, but it's like essentially we're using parts of an existing site that you've created and apply it. So for example, the people that do link building for us, the people that edit content for us, they can work in more niches than the niches that uh, we are working on right now. And essentially, it's a way of scaling that's like a horizontal scaling versus vertical scaling, which is a quick way to essentially expand on what you're strong at. So if we're strong at guest posting, then it's worth doing it in many niches, as many niches as we can, provided we can generate a profit from the site, rather than sometimes not adding a different business model on an existing site. And that one is probably something we're going to do next year. With processes, it works exactly the same as traffic on your site. Starting a new one and getting that going, there's a lot of upfront fixed costs. Maybe you got to hire someone new, train them, create all the process manuals, review it, you know, get it going. That's the like most costly part, both in terms of time and money, to optimize an existing process and make it twice as effective or twice as efficient is going to be a lot easier than to uh, you know start with an album from scratch generally. Obviously, you get to a point when that's not possible to keep improving it like that. Yeah, but. you get diminishing. I mean, it's just like it's, it's a logarithm curve, right? It's just like yeah, a yeah. diminishing return as you optimize. But still, it's it's definitely like importing these processes. Like, And, you know, a lot of like big site buyers, et cetera, do that a lot. And I'm going to actually couple that with something that I call the portfolio effect. I mean, I don't call that, but I, I didn't invent it, you know, but it works for websites. Well, essentially, first of all, there is advantages in having many different sites. I mean, first of all, you can sell parts of your business without selling everything. So, you know, if, if we worked only on one site, it's like we've got to sell everything and nothing. Whereas if you're working on 10 different sites, then you have the opportunity to like sell two and then buy one and essentially manage it as a portfolio. And it becomes a lot more fluid and uh, cash is like, it's easy to like raise cash by selling parts of the business so that you can pursue other projects, et cetera. So it's, 
I like this this idea of managing it that way. And additionally, you know, over time, if you are managing several sites at the same time, you can double down on what works best. And over time, you know, it surfaces better opportunities because if you have more opportunities in front of you, you can, you know, on average, the best opportunity is going to be better than if you only had one site. And that's quite interesting. Essentially, it works a bit like the way the Boston Consulting Group created something called the Boston Matrix, where there's like different types of assets in your portfolio. You have these stars, you have these cash codes, and you have these underdogs, essentially. The cash codes are like the stuff that doesn't need much investment, but generates a lot of money. So in our case, you know, like, for example, health ambition, like now we can just publish a rank, so it's pretty easy. It generates a nice profit, so it's a cash code. Then you have the raising stars, maybe that would be authority hacker, where... It is something that is promising and could become a cash coin in the future, but at the moment it is something that requires heavy investment but has heavy returns. And you have your underdogs, which are usually your small projects, your kind of long-term shots, etc. And if you don't know about this theory, just Google Boston Matrix. There's going to be a bunch of stuff around that. Very interesting way of thinking about a portfolio. So let's talk about the case for optimizing websites. Now, like, let's go on the other side and be like, hey, you probably should not start a website. You should probably just work on what you already have. I think I'm going to start this by saying it's probably the majority yeah. of people listening to this should focus on their existing sites and shouldn't start new sites, the, the majority. It's not a kind of 50-50 split, you know, just because we're giving it equal airtime doesn't doesn't mean that's the case. I think just from going through like H Pro Group and just people I know, one of the biggest mistakes I see is people starting new sites too soon before, as you said, like you've figured out the processes and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's usually how I structure these podcasts, right? I put the point we are not agreeing the most with first, and then I put the point we agree the most with second, so people remember it more. I'm kind of influencing you guys, actually. It sucks to be the people who uh, only listen to the first 15 minutes then. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, I agree with Mark. And when it comes to making money, making money is often done by going for the more boring option rather than the most exciting one so starting a new site i would definitely classify as like more exciting it's something that you probably do if you need motivation if you need to like kind of like give a meaning to that whole work you're doing etc but if you really just want cash in your bank account optimizing is really 10 times easier than starting a new revenue stream. And as I said, like going from $1,000 a month to $10,000 a month is about as much work as going from zero to 1,000. So, you know, if you can only do one and you want as much money as you can in your bank account, then, you know, you'd rather go do the 1,000 to 10,000 a month. It just makes so much more sense. Uh, and in our, uh, in our case, for example, like before we can start new sites, I know, for example, we have a bunch of funnels on house ambition that just don't convert very well at all and we could probably fix these in like a few weeks and transform them into four or five figures a month mini funnels which would be really nice to have and that is probably something we should prioritize over starting a new website another thing is well when we hit publish on health submission many of these articles end up ranking on page one without us really doing anything which is so much easier than like starting a new site and you know having to build your domain authority and doing all that stuff etc so if we have a limited amount of money, then I'd rather put that money onto content on House Ambition just because the chances of that content to be, to be successful is just so much higher. So it's a quicker return as well. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you're limited in resources, then definitely doing this just makes more sense. And then, you know, when you can afford to do both is when we would start new sites, for example. Yeah, like the payback time on 
a new article on a brand new like day one site it's going to be a long time yes. i mean just it's like a you, year plus i would say yeah versus the payback time on a an article on a, a very established site you know it could be as as little as a few weeks certainly a few months you in, know our uh, our seo copywriting article we published so we're recording this on december 19 right so we published the last blog post on Ontario hacker last friday so like the 17 or something Mm-hmm. And it's already on page one of Google, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like no way that would happen for SEO copywriting. I hope it's still there when we publish the podcast. <laughs> if it's not well, oh, bad. oh well, it fluctuates. But that just shows like how quickly you can get a return on content. Actually, that's a really good example. Yeah. No way we could do that on the first site, right? And yeah. that allows us to like be more confident in spending more time and money in that article. I mean, like, Perrin is definitely not someone that is cheap for creating content, but it was worth having him work on, on it that long, especially if we get such fast return. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that is a practical example for us on how these things work. Another thing as well is you don't necessarily need to start a new site to start a new business. You can actually stack business models on existing sites, and that's something we really like doing. So, for example, there are I see a lot of agencies now that actually start reviewing WordPress plugins and stuff like that. You know, I did some market research for us next year, and I saw that quite a bit. I see content sites starting e-commerce stores. I see stores starting content sites, etc. So, essentially, you can just take your existing site and start a brand new business on it. If you have an e-commerce store, you can start, as I said, a content part. You can also start a service part. You can essentially find related businesses. And what is important is that you kind of brand yourself not around a product, but around an industry. And this way you can stack as many businesses as you want on that one site. And so much easier when you don't have to rebuild that domain authority, wait for stuff to rank, wait for to even build an email list if you have one and do all these things. You can just launch these things and boom, you have a new revenue generating avenue for an existing site. You get all the benefits of starting a new business without having to do all the grunt work as you would if you started a brand new site. So I actually quite like doing that. And we do that on Health Ambition. We have on Health Ambition, we have advertising, we have affiliate marketing, we sell products. And, you know, maybe one day we'll have an e-commerce store as well. I don't know. Yeah, it's also worth saying that, you know, we use the motivation thing as an example for why you start a new site. But it can also be the case with uh, a new business model. If you want to, uh, unhealth ambition, if we wanted to get into doing FBA or something or make an e-commerce section, that it's like a whole new thing. It's as new as starting a new site almost just within the same same industry. Uh, and so, also we can drive traffic to it on day one, which is really much more exciting than having yeah, nobody exactly. when we open it, you know? Exactly. But if you think of these in terms of sort of projects as opposed to just uh, your day-to-day work, then it can be quite, you know, interesting, quite exciting. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, relating to like having nobody at the beginning, it's like most sites first year is pretty terrible. Like, yeah really quite bad. Usually the first year, it's really rare when it can replace your full-time income. I mean, it really depends how much you need. Like some people listening need 500 bucks a month. Some people need 10,000 bucks a month. So it really depends what level of revenue you're expecting. But overall, in general, first year is really bad. Like from year two, you, it's not hard to like quadruple, quintuple a website, mostly because you can make good money, but also because usually the year, first year is really bad. So. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to go for a sort of low paying, slow return year? Because if you're not, you probably should, you know, optimize your website. 
one of the dangers is that if you keep jumping, keep starting new projects, you're always in that phase. You're yeah. always in that cycle and you never make any money. And that's when people give up and yeah. go back to having a real job. Which is why we still think it's better to optimize your, your existing site. Another thing as well is like, if you want to, to, to sell your current project, Alexander, you don't want to optimize it. Well, it's still worth it. Actually, you don't want to work on it anymore. Well, it's still worth optimizing it still. Because you can sell it for so much more. You know, multiples for websites now is 25 to 35 times, right? So if you're able to add an extra $1,000 revenue, you're adding 25 to $35,000 more on your sales price. So even like, even $500, like it's, it's quite a lot of money you can add by just doing a bit of optimization. Therefore, and that is a process we've gone through that you mentioned earlier. If you want to start new and you want to get rid of what you're working on, it's worth spending some time optimizing what you're doing, right? And after you've done that, you will very often reconsider your options. Because if you have a site that makes a lot more money at this point, and you've been doing the work just to get rid of it, and that was your motivation that you were lacking. It's like, well, at least I'm going to get rid of that piece of shit website or whatever. And boom, it generates like, you know, 30% more money. It's worth a lot more money. And it brings you more every month. Then a lot of the times you're like, well, actually, I could probably do more of that optimization I've done in the past two weeks that I was doing in like, planning to sell that site and you know actually there may be a future for that site that's what happened to us many times and very often you actually jump back to optimizing which is probably the right choice and another thing as well is when you optimize your existing sites you get faster results like as i said in a week or two you can really turn things around i know for example that i need to re-optimize advertising on health ambition when i do it i expect to generate one or two thousand more dollars in like maybe a day and a half of work or something and that is a lot of motivation. It's really nice to be able to get fast results. Whereas, as we said, the first year really quite sucks. So if you're lacking your motivation and you want to get rid of your sites, at least do that optimization work in the view of selling that site. And very often you'll find that motivation back to work on it and keep optimizing. That is what I would recommend. So let's just close that podcast, at least that section of the podcast, essentially recapping each situation and what people should do. So can you tell us in which cases we think people should start a new website? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, I want to say this is not really like an exact if this, then that type situation. You kind of have to take a lot of things into account, what we said. Generally speaking, and again, it's not an exact number, if you've been working solidly, like, you know, at least an hour a day plus, you know, two days a weekend, full days or something like that, for a whole year on your site and it's just not working then you, you're probably doing it wrong and it's probably a good good opportunity to start a new site but only if you understand what you've done wrong and you have to be very clear about about what it is and preferably even like someone else tells you oh you know you went too narrow in your niche or something then you're able to identify what the problems are if you're just starting from scratch again just because it's not working then chances are you're gonna you're gonna fail again. So make sure you you understand that. Another one I see quite a lot is people getting demotivated just because they're not interested in their niche. That's why uh, we often recommend you should start the first site you start at least should be something you're reasonably passionate or interested in. You know, if you have no interest in I don't know women's facial creams or something like that, then 
don't do a site about it. You'll be much more likely to succeed if you have an interest in knowing the topic and understanding the topic. And, you know, you're not just chasing the, the money. I think one thing um, to add to that, uh, just to add to that, I think it could be something that you know nothing about, but you're interested in learning about. So yes, when I work yes. on health ambition, like I knew nothing about nutrition, but actually I kind of like learning what each vegetable does to your health yep. and like all that stuff and I actually read it. And it's like, and because I learn about it now, I can see my keyword research process is so much better. So for example, like I want to rank a specific supplement, then I figure out what that supplement does, right? So maybe it like helps digestion. Then I figure out which foods have this kind of um, element inside them already. And then I actually make an article on that food and I get links to it. It links back to my supplement page. I make money, et cetera. But I would never be able to to build this kind of advanced structures with, if I didn't get interested into it. So I think mm-hmm. that's a good example. And yeah, finally, you you need to have the sort of time and money available to to do this, to really commit to it, because chances are when you start a new site, you're not going to be making much or any money for the first few months, even the first year, usually not enough to kind of like support yourself. I mean, it depends where you live and, and all, all sorts of things like that. But just accept that it's going to be a process to, to get get where you need to, to get to financially and evaluate that whether or not it's actually just going to be faster to, yeah, okay, double down and put the effort into your, your existing site. Yeah. Um, and it, also you need some time and money. Like you need to have some, if you're like super busy with your work or you're busy with other things and you have no cash to invest in it as well, like don't start a new site. You need to have this available pocket of time and all money otherwise like don't even do it you know yeah yeah so for people who really should continue to work on their existing sites that would generally be those who have seen some success they've like they've they've tasted the potential that that can come out of it you know generally you're making a few k a month from your sites and a lot of people when they get to that point their interest and their motivation kind of drops off because like all right okay well that's that's my bills yeah that's my old salary covered what i used to make in my old job or something like that and their motivation really dips then and it just kind of trottles along but when you're at that point that's the point when you really need to even start working harder because 20% 20% increase in conversion or increase in uh, traffic or something, which is not hard to achieve, 20% even in you know short amount of time, will dramatically increase your, your monthly income. And you do that a few times and suddenly next year you've doubled. So yeah, if you're at that point and you feel your, your, your motivation is dipping, then something which Gail and I do is actually pay ourselves not very much monthly <laughs> salary. And like tie. Like if you want to send us money, send money out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like tie bonuses or whatever dividends to actual increase in performance. So it kind of keeps us more motivated, more hungry, as it were. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, a, it's just a style of living, right? We, we basically pay ourselves like a decent salary, a decent living salary, but it's not like we get rich out of it. And then, you know, we can pay ourselves substantial bonuses based on like a really good month or something like this. And yeah. uh, I like it better that way. It's just like it keeps you on your toes and it doesn't tie your motivation to the revenue of the company. Like Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know, your, your company can like we could work a month and live a year, basically almost like many months. But 
it's like if we did that, then we'd literally do not like this podcast would not be here because we would be doing nothing right now. <laughs> and so, uh, because we're like on that on something more bare bones and stuff, it, it's like yeah, as you say, it, it really keeps that motivation going. If I if I want like more money in my bank account, we really need to make a good month compared to the average of the company, not compared to what we need, you know. And that really, really changes a lot. I like it a lot better, actually. And we actually tend to do that for employees as well, but it's probably going to be another podcast. Also, I want to say, if you have, I mean, everyone has unoptimized or poorly optimized parts of their existing sites. And it's very easy to to kind of get stuck in that, oh, I'll just do more of the same. But you kind of need to take a step back and think, okay, what are the weak areas here? What's going to bring the most amount of value in the shortest amount of time? Like the net present value mentality. And when you look at it like that, it's very easy to kind of go into a specific area and say, okay, right, I need my conversion rate or my opt-in rate sucks. I need to run a series of A-B tests and have different lead magnet options, all that kind of stuff. And then when you focus on that, you can really make a huge difference in in the case of opt-in rates, like you know, we've doubled it this year on House Ambition, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge amount of money for not very much effort. So, I mean, every business owner knows that unoptimized areas of their sites. If you don't, then you need to sort of start drawing out your funnel and figuring out where the holes are. That's a good case to rather than starting a new site to focus on your existing site. This is something which, as Gail said, you should do before you sell a site anyway. So. A good way of, sort of thinking about this or framing it in your mind is do what you need to do in order to get the site where you would sell it. And as you're doing that, you'll probably find that oh, there's so many more ways to make to grow the revenue of the site and it wouldn't be worth it to sell it now. So that I going can, to the perspective of a sell, first of all, it relieves yeah. you of that weight on your shoulders. You're like, oh, I'm going to get rid of that site. It's really the last thing I'm doing, which when you're lacking on motivation, it's like it builds that up, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it actually gets you to look at your site in a very different way. In a sense, like your one goal is to optimize revenue. It's like you're not looking as much for like super long term gross investments, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it's good to do that, but like sometimes you get caught into it. And I do very often on Atari Hacker as well, where I'm like, you know, working on things that definitely don't help the site to grow, but I'm like, oh, but that would be really cool. Or that would be really nice. So people would really like this, et cetera, which is nice to do. But, you know, it's good once in a while to kind of like flip the perspective and be like, okay, how do we make this the most profitable business we can? And very often you find all these pockets of money way more than you think. And when you're done, it's like you can do that as a 30-day challenge. I think that's a good one. Yeah. When you're done, it's like you literally have a different site and you can re-add these value-add bits if you are going to keep going with it. But still, you're going to be way more profitable. Usually our biggest progress, especially on health ambition, has been doing these kind of phases, actually. Yeah. So once you've done that, it just opens your eyes to all the other business models uh, that you can stack on top of it within the existing site. So then the opportunity just is too high or seems too high to, to bother starting a new site and it's worth pushing your existing one. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good model to follow. Yeah. All right. I think we're done with that podcast, but I just want to... No, you have one more thing to say? No, no, no. We need to do the ask us anything question, All right, go for which is we do this every episode now. And if you guys want to ask us any question about anything, usually online marketing, but it can be anything, <laughs> go to authorityhacker.com forward slash ask. You can type your question in there or you can even hit the record button and record us a short clip and we'll we'll play it on the next episode. So it's authorityhacker.com slash ask. Today's question comes from Lasse or Lashe Lewis. Sorry if I'm butchering that pronunciation. 
And the question is, when it comes to targeting keywords, how many should you target per article? And should we do more than one if they're closely related? And the example she uses is, should you have one article targeting the best cellulite pills and another one for the best cellulite pills online? Or one for cellulite pill okay. and one for cellulite yeah, pills, okay. plural. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, we have a podcast that talks kind of about that, like two episodes ago, I think. Like big pages versus small pages. It is a lot about that, but the, the short answer is it depends. <laughs> you kind of need to look at the intent. So, since there has been that Google Hummingbird update, something like a year and a half ago, two years ago, Google is essentially not looking in terms of keywords. It's looking in terms of topics. It, it groups keywords into topics. So best light pills and best like, is the intent different? Best light pills may be about, you know, what is the absolute list of best light pills? Whereas best light pills online may be about the best shops that sell cellulite pills. You know, like you kind of need to understand. I, I, I don't think that's the differ- difference in yeah, this but, case. Yeah, I, I, it is like I'm exaggerating it to make a point, you know. Like, okay. I, you know, it could be that. But like sometimes the differences are very subtle. For example, cellulite pill, rev- like, cellulite pill review or like rather let's take a specific product name. Let's take... Insanity workout. Insanity workout review versus insanity workout reviews is actually a different intent, for example. So insanity workout review basically usually is going to mean like some kind of editorial review from an online magazine or something. Insanity workout reviews is usually targeting, you know, customer reviews, like, you know, a list of reviews. And so what you need to understand is, you know, what is the core intent of that search and usually all the keywords that match that intent will return the same results so very close to the same results and one tool that i really like to find that is the new keyword explorer in ahrefs because when you type a keyword in there it gives you what calls the parent topic and the parent topic is essentially the biggest keyword the top 10 pages on the first page of google essentially rank for so for example if you type best light cream then probably the parent topic is going to be like cellulite cream or something, right? But if you type best cellulite cream for women over 70, <laughs> then probably the parent topic is going to be cellulite cream for women over 70. And so that is going to allow you to group these things. Just in the example she used, like cellulite pill versus cellulite pills, plural, I think that's the same. Yeah, that would be the same. Like in that sense, that would be the same intent, you know? So yeah. you, you need to figure out what to, does the searcher want. And if you can say, okay, that page that I've created it answers all these things, then group all these keywords and put them on one page. The, the big page versus small page podcast was more about like, do you need to group many different topics on one page versus break it down in several pages? So like, do satellite pills work? What is the best time to take satellite pills, etc.? Should it be one page or several pages? But even in that case, like, uh, you know, the intent, if you can just answer that question, like if someone types, do satellite pills work? I think the page that just targets that deserves to rank higher than the page that targets everything about satellite pills, you know? Cool. So that is the short answer. And actually, that's a really good transition for what I'm going to say after. So first of all, we are going to slowly close this podcast and say thank you for listening, guys. It's been great to have you. I am both proud of ourselves 
that we actually kept at it and proud of you that you guys are, are still listening and sometimes amazed at the same time. <laughs> but I want to say as well that we are coming back on January 1st. So like this podcast should air just after Christmas. So I hope you guys are really full right now and uh, get ready because on January 1st, we have a podcast series for starting new authority sites. And there's going to be one podcast per day for the first week of January and Perrin is going to join us as well. And we are going to do that to celebrate the launch of our new training product called the Authority Site System. And it includes the answer, this training actually includes the answer to how should you break down your keywords, etc. And basically everything you need to figure out to start a new Authority Site. And it is going to double as our newbie program as well. So if you haven't done that stuff, you are going to want to look into that as well. The URL is going to be authorityhacker.com slash system. So Anyway, thank you guys for listening. It's going to be really exciting next year. We have a lot of plans. Atari Hacker grew a lot this year, like something like five or 600%. And we are excited to actually bring more people next year to try to create more content. So once again, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and whatever you're celebrating. And we'll see you guys on January 1st. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.